If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland. A mysterious, all-powerful character. What a crusader for law. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal, and I'm joined today by DJ Woolridge of all the answers and everything else you've seen this dude on. DJ, thanks for being on the show, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we're fine. You know, we were just talking about it. Like we, I don't think we've really connected until prior to the pandemic. So I'm glad this worked out. Exactly. I think it's it's funny actually how uh, many colleagues across the world we've like touched base with or known and been like, hey man, are you cool? Yeah, we're okay. All right, good. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm glad we're finally, yeah, like like you said, able to just kind of reconnect and, and connect with the audience and be like, yo, you know this dude and maybe your dudes know my face. Who knows? But I'm happy that we're making it happen. I like the synergy. Uh, Amen. But, uh, dude, uh, what is happening with you, and uh, what are you excited to talk about before we get into the show, so to speak? Like you talked about, uh, you know, I do the podcast, Only Stupid Answers. We're looking forward to having you on uh, soon. Uh, but the big thing is hellbentcomicbook.com. It's my uh-huh. new it's my new comic. It's my new uh, creator-owned comic on Kickstarter currently. I co-wrote it with my good friend Jane in July. If the people that listen to your show are fans of like classic Vertigo comics like Preacher or Sandman or any of those books, it's very much in the same vein. It follows a trans woman with incredible supernatural abilities that has to go on the run from uh, an evil cult. And she has to team up with an arcane assassin uh, to escape and survive. They're going to have to work together to survive. And so uh, Jesse is our lead. And she's discovering all these incredible powers that people want to use to kind of destroy the world. And uh, so Nick is the assassin that was actually meant to capture her and now is working with her to escape the people that were after her. And I like to uh, compare Nick, I call Nick like a combination of John Wick and John Constantine. Nice. uh, Which somebody, (laughs) somebody correctly pointed out that Keanu Reeves also played Constantine. So it already, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's already (laughs) kind of in there, but yeah, so it's full of like, on the one hand, it's a very um, inclusive positive, comic uh, uh on the other hand there's a lot of the violence and sex and drugs and all of that stuff uh which to me that was always kind of my experience reading these the, the those classic those books, books. Yeah, yeah because in a lot of ways they pushed boundaries in a way that that allowed for characters and stories that that didn't exist in the mainstream and of course a lot of those stories the ones that made headlines were like the violence and sex parts of it but it was also in in more positive ways as well yeah. and so that that it wasn't until like promoting it that i realized like oh yeah this is in a lot of ways this is like a spiritual successor to those books and and um jane and i were just on a on another show talking about it and she brought up that we wrote the comic that we wanted to read because we don't the comics are in some ways bigger than they've have been in, yeah. in a long time but there's still not that there's not quite stuff like this anymore to the point where like you might remember um, when Mark Russell was writing second coming yeah, vertigo bailed on the book. And yeah. it's like, you're the publisher that did preacher. Like what's yeah. happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that too hot for DC? Are you kidding yeah. me? Uh, so yeah. So just, this is the, this is the comic we want to make. It's people are, are really excited about it. We are currently, we are funded. We are working on our second stretch goal. That said, uh, we're, as of this recording, we're, we're only a few days from the end of the campaign. So if you want the comic, now one you do i'm telling you you do you, you're gonna love it I'm, i yeah. just was going over art today and, and working on uh, uh, a final draft for the script before it goes to the letter 
Uh, you're, it's great. You're going to love it. Yeah. Uh, but you only have a few more days. Not only that, but there's a few tiers where you can get my previous comic, Chaos Theory Zombies versus Dinosaurs Volumes 1 and 2. And that's my original inventory. I did a, it, it, the, it originally went so quick. I had to pull out my, all my inventory and do a count of like, okay, how much do I really have? I was right. able to, yeah. I was able to <laughs> add, give this away. I was able to add a few more copies, but that's it. Once, once those tiers are gone and they are limited and they're going fast, it's those, there's no more chaos. Is over. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I if you grab that then, cause I, I missed the first one. So I'm excited to jump on that. Yeah. There's two, yet. yeah, there's two, um, two chaos theory tiers um and and yeah that's that's it for the original inventory so if you want hellbent now's the time if you also want chaos theory now is also the time nice <laughs> yeah i will say uh if you actually take a look at the um the kickstarter page you'll see like art and uh, actually a great elevator pitch and, and you get to know the creators and everything um the art reminds me so much of classic vertigo where it's not just like cool or new it it, it has that kind of like that grit that yeah. you miss from like a like a, a subversive dollar bin comic book from mm -hmm. yeah from, from from yesteryear that you're yeah. like this is what we're missing you, the the newest model for independent comic book creation and subversive entertainment uh there's a little bit more polish than there used to be right yeah. like don't you yeah. feel that way i mean i i i appreciate it because there's some there's some gold out there you 100 yeah, I mean, yeah something's yeah. killing children once in the future a lot of stuff actually from boom which is kind of surprising because boom was like yeah. this publisher that came out of nowhere and was like isn't, oh this is for kids and it, you're like what <laughs> yeah isn't boom doing um we only find them when we're dead when they're dead yes, they yeah, are yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's another one where it's like, and it's from these creators that whose names you see and have done some pretty dope stuff over the big two, but also have these like really either bombastically huge, but still kind of independent stories to tell, but also yeah. uh, are, are are breaking genres. But they're still they're clean, they're 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 beautiful in some cases. I mean, yeah. like nobody would have had Dan Mora on Batman until they saw Once in Future, and yet and yet there's just mm -hmm. a, there's something about like an old Steve Dillon, yeah. You know? Yeah, or, uh, yeah, and that's kind of like we we lucked out with uh, with Heather Vaughn. She worked yeah. on a lot of the art for a lot of like uh, tabletop RPGs and stuff like that. That's awesome. And we reached out. We reached out to a bunch of artists. There are definitely some like A list artists that have an email for me sitting in their spam folder <laughs> uh, just to see. Hey, like, do you want to collaborate? Yeah, yeah, right. I just figured you want to ask. Um, but but Heather was on board, and she gave us. We we had her do the first six pages, and it was just like, yeah, this is this is kind of because the story has element it toes that line like again the preacher sandman that toes that line of being grounded while dealing with more fan fantastic cos cosmological things totally. and so you want when you have a giant horse demon you <laughs> want it to feel grounded in a way and yes. her art does that and so it was really and it kind of set the tone for everything we've got uh so heather vaughn is on interiors we've got ellie wright on colors a uh, Haley rose lion on letters and then we've got incredible variant covers um uh by danny and nicole goo uh who just did really did great great work and it, that's so it i love writing um but it's also really cool when you see the art come in and that's you see the like thing. yeah and that's the do you draw at all or is it just uh just writing because I'm, no. I'm just a writer like, yeah same yeah same i i drew a lot as a kid and it's hard and so yes. i stopped uh, <laughs> that's it that's it i just yeah i, I maybe like maybe you're like me where when we were growing up that like you loved comics or you loved entertainment and you wanted to create it yourself and you knew that like there's no one else that's going to listen to your ideas so you just kind of like i got to do it myself yeah. you start drawing but then you reach this limit 
Mm-hmm. You know, like you hit, you hit the wall and you're like, either I'm going to be doing this forever and like 20 hours a day mm-hmm. and I might never do better or I'm just going to stop and find another focus. And like yeah. for me, I think age 12, I was like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. I'll create, maybe I'll draw pictures in your mind with writing. Yes. yes. Well, yeah. It, and it's, and it's tough to, I, I, in a lot of ways, I wish I'd stuck with it Um, in, in that just cause you, then you can, you get to do it all, you know what I right. mean? But it is, yeah. it is so it's, it's it to do it. Well, it takes such a, it's such a skill. Yeah. Like you said that you have to like be willing to put in the work and it, my hand hurt, yeah. my hand cramped when I did it. <laughs> so I stopped. I, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, 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 uh, fortunately we have a, a bunch of fantastic, fantastic collaborators on it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, because uh, I was just thinking about you talking about the horse demon and I was like, man, you, you're absolutely right. You got to make it grounded, but also mm-hmm. horse demon. How awesome. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, your, your poor artist because horses are some of the hardest things to draw. Yes. Um, uh, you don't even know. I, I wish I should have <laughs> sent you, I should have sent you, if you guys go to, I think it's cbr.com. There's, there's kind of like an early preview of the first, uh, uh, um, first six pages. You, I also put a link in one of the updates on the campaign. So you'll oh, see dope. it there. But the, the, the second pay I've, I've, when I've been on people's shows, especially if I, if I'm there in person, I've been showing the second page because it is a horse demon, but let's say it's, um, it's a well-endowed horse. Demon. Ah. <laughs> and so if you're familiar with saga and some of the stuff that got away with in saga, yeah. um, and, and that was a conversation I had to have with Jaina, my co-writer. Cause when Heather sent us art, I was like, is this okay? Right. <laughs> is this okay? Cause I, we wrote it and, and then you realize like, Oh yeah, they let Brian Kavon get away with this. Cause he's Brian Kavon. Are we going right. to, is this okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are we going to be lumped into a different category? Yeah. 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 That's fair. That's a fair question. That's so, yeah, also, the point is, yes, it was a hard page for her to draw. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. For, for a myriad reasons. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm also, it's funny when you're creating and you're just kind of like, yeah, it was cool in my head because it's, mm-hmm. you know, but then I, I have to make someone draw this or just someone yeah. has to, ha- someone has to pour their talent into it. And then you, you look at this really awesome thing and you're like, that's so stupid. I'm so sorry. I made you do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's so great also because like, you, you know, if you, if you pitch saga cold to a non-comic yeah. reader, everything sounds ridiculous and mm-hmm. like not even worth checking it's just kind of like yeah there's these race of people with tv heads and they deal with people yeah. with wings and you're like what come on but you have to look at it you have to experience it even then like i remember the ads for saga and i'm like oh my god ryan cave one's at it again here we go yeah. but then you read it and it's like it's just it just stabs you through the heart like issue, yeah issue one yep yeah. yep and a lot of that too is with uh you know staples and that's like the key oh, you know god. this is so uh this is a, like the third comic I've worked on and it's just so important to get the, not just the good artist, but the right artist. That's and, right. and honestly, that's truthfully, people always ask me like, what do I need to know? Get come. That's where the money goes. If you're not doing the art, yeah. like, like uh, Jane and I are, this campaign is, is doing really well. It's not doing well enough that she and I are going to see any money from it. No. It's all going to our team and to shipping it out to you all. Um, uh, so yeah, so please go, uh, uh, (laughs) yeah, so we can get that, uh, second stretch goal. Um, and, and, but that's important. And it's like, uh, uh, that's, and you try to, yeah, you you know, the, the art is, it's, it's a visual, it is comics are interesting because in, they are, uh, you know, there are, you read the the word balloons and, you know, sometimes some are more text driven than others, but it is, it is a text base medium but it is, it is very much a visual medium too and so finding Absolutely. that balance that works for you works for the story it's it's an interesting balance to strike Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know who does a beautiful mesh of that? And I'm sure you're, you, he's 
right in the back of your head is Daniel Warren Johnson. Love it. Love it. It's like, yeah, just he's like, been based better real better a bill. Book it, yeah, yeah. He, he's a warrior poet. The yeah. uh, just Wonder Woman Dead Earth with this mesh of mm-hmm. like of metal and music and art and and onomatopoeia where he incorporates it into the art where it's like yeah. you and it's not even like he tries to approximate a sound effect where it's like, yeah. you know, like S.H.O.O.M. or something like that. Yeah. He'll write whoosh or grab. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah you know, but, but yeah, and it and it conveys the feeling. Uh, yeah, I love his work. We had actually, uh, I was lucky enough to have him on the show and talk to him a little bit uh, about Wonder Woman: Dead Earth. Yes, and uh, great dude, uh, really cool to talk to. Um, but you're right, and I, and that's the other reason why you know you might feel similarly like, oh man, I wish I'd stuck with the art because if you think about some of the all time great, I mean, there's writers, obviously Alan Moore, Grant Morrison, um, uh, yeah, legends, legends, yes. But you think about some of the greatest creators, and I would put Daniel Warren Johnson in there, Darwin Cook. Yeah, uh, they're people that that can can because you'll have writers that did did, did art. Yes, <laughs> and you have artists that will try to write, and it's okay. But the people that can find, like I, again, I think the Darwin Cooks and the Daniel Warren Johnsons that are not only they the it's all one cohesive thing. Yes. I, I like to call great. them storytellers because they yeah. just, they just managed to, t- they, they're, they're the total package. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's and- so enviable. And just like you said, like the little, like grab or whatever in the, in the motion and the action on yes. the page, there's, I don't think there's a better artist that does action than uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. If you, I guess not working minor, <laughs> minor spoilers for the most recent issue of better Ray bill, that, yes. that final shot of Surter coming oh. up, like, Oh my God. God, <laughs> for me, it was the double page of of the fist blasting through this fleet yeah. of shit. I'm like, uh, yeah, it's just like, what do you like? Why isn't he on everything that needs to be dope? Like, I get, yeah. you know, like I, I wouldn't necessarily put him on like a mainstream Batman book or even a Spider Man book, but yeah. every book that needs to be dope as f is that is is that dude and people like him, people in that mm-hmm. wheelhouse who are just like who you don't see everywhere. Like, I get, you know, I, every time anybody is like, oh, I got a big project I want to do, you know you want to get alex ross and it's like of course mm-hmm. you do because yeah, alex yeah. ross oh god tier but yeah. you know he's he's a very specific style you know mm-hmm. like i i i you know as well as i do earth x yeah kind of a divisive book for me as a kid because i remember it being advertised and by advertising i mean I think they came up with the idea in a wizard magazine <laughs> where they were like wouldn't it be cool if you kingdom right. come marvel and yeah. Alex Ross like, yeah, it would be cool. Here's some neat ideas. And he drew up these concept art and then they gave it to, um, God, what is it? He just passed away. Um, I don't know who, who wrote earth X. I don't know uh, who wrote earth X was, uh, I think that was, I think that was Busick, but, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. but, uh, the, the artist on that book, uh, was not Alex Ross. And I remember being kind of disappointed, uh, but then you actually like dig into it and it's just like, it's such a different tone and it's such a, such a gritty visceral, uh, piece of art, and you're like, oh, like Jim Kruger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, damn, does it look different? And it's like, good. I'm glad Alex Ross didn't do it. It would have been too pretty. Would have been yeah. too. Uh, it would have been too beautiful. And yeah. that's not what whether what Earth X is. Um, so you understand why, like, you don't see people like Daniel Warren Johnson on something like that. But. Yeah they should be. And you're kind of well, like, there are enough projects for them. <laughs> yeah. And you look at, um, if uh, murder Falcon and, and the emotion that he was able to put in that, like that really wild story, a crazy oh, story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I still want that. Mur- I still want like Skybound does action figures, man. I want that murder Falcon action figure. They oh need to God. make it. I think, <laughs> I think they're working on a murder Falcon follow up. And so I really want, just give me that action figure, please. And thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, when you were growing up and you broke into getting into kind of like the Vertigo style and the Vertigo comics, what was one of your introductory books? What was one of the books that you were like, oh my God, I didn't know comics could do this or be like this. Um, it would probably, it would be later in life. I grew up in kind of a sheltered household, so I didn't, I didn't get exposed to a lot of that stuff until I moved to college. That's fair. Um, I, my big, you know, like a lot of kids, I was into comics as a kid and then you want girls to like you. So I stopped. Bingo. And then by around the college time, it didn't matter. And so yeah. I got with dark Knight coming out. Um, yeah. I very specifically remember, uh, Grant Morrison was doing Batman RIP. And so I picked that up and, nice. and, and it blew, it, it, it blew my mind. Sure. And then at the same time, Brian Azzarello did his Joker graphic novel with Lee Bermejo. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's funny. They're so different, but I read them at the same time. And it was this revelation of like, Oh, comics can do this. I didn't yeah. know. And so Joker led me to hundred bullets. And that was oh. my big breakthrough with vertigo. Cause hundred bullets is still to this day, one of my all time favorite comics. I remember seeing Eduardo Riso, the artist on that book at comic con. Yeah. And I got a picture with him and I got him to sign <laughs> stuff. And it was one of, it was just a dude at a booth. It was just, he was just doing his thing. But for sure. me, it was such a big moment. It was like, Oh my God. That, um, I, 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 I have the exact same experience with creators where I want to take a picture with them, but they're just like, like 50 year old men who are just yeah. standing behind a card table. And they're like, I'm not like, I'm not a rock star. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like Arthur Adams, who's going to have like a, a line around the booth. I'm like, you don't, but that doesn't matter to me. You're yeah. one of the big, you're one of the big ones for me, right? Exactly. Um, so it was 100 bullets, and then I think I finally, I finally read Watchmen in college, which is technically, oh. I think, a pre-Vertigo book. Yeah, and and that was one of those. I think I'd held off because it was one of those. Um, Things that was so hyped up, I'm like, it can't live up the hype. And then you read, I'm like, oh, actually, it can. Actually, it legitimately, it really can. Totally. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, and so then after it was just off to the races of picking up everything. So like, like preacher, um, it's Sandman. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Vertigo. So now, for people that are reading comics now, Image. A lot of what Image does now is, is yes. what Vertigo was doing back in the day. Yeah, that's where it had to go. It's. It, I remember people talking about how sad it was that like Vertigo died. And I'm like, it is sad that DC never made it valuable after the nineties. And, <laughs> uh, you know, but also why would I ever go there? Like why, you know, if I'm an independent creator and I want to do a dope ass book, where, why yeah. would I ever go to DC and give up any rights to anything yeah. when I could go to image and like get a TV or movie deal also? Yeah. I mean, for, and also point reference, um, uh, Sweet Tooth, which just dropped on yes. Netflix, was originally a Vertigo book. Yes, that's um, right. But yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. You'd go to you'd go to Image where uh, um, where you have full control. And it is interesting you brought up the you know it, the environment's so different now because it's kind of yeah. like it used to be you break into comics into the mainstream, the big two through indie comics, and now yeah. it's like a lot of those character creators take their clout and are moving. To, into too indie, indie. Yeah. and so it's like uh, even even when kickstarter it's one of those like you know you're gonna do a kickstarter and then you see like jeff lemire has one that made like a million dollars and you're like <laughs> no. all right okay all right dude get the hell out of here come on yeah, no, listen listen it, in his defense it. i backed it i love his, his work <laughs> with uh yeah uh, cosmic detective matt kent like ether yeah. i love that book so i was like begrudgingly i was like here's my money even though meh. it's like I, when you see like a, a matthew mcconaughey start a podcast it's like you son of a bitch. right yeah exactly i'm watching john krasinski talking about the good news and i'm like uh-huh 
yeah. <laughs> Every day is a good day for you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, I, I backed Scott Snyder's when he did Noctera. I was like, yeah, all right, Scott. You know, it's tough. You love what you love. And even though you might have questions about it, not even necessarily qualms, but questions, you're like, well, but I still love it. So whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I remember um, people... Well, growing up reading comics back in the day, when I was when I was a kid, uh, I, you know, I, I got through comics thanks to superheroes and thanks to their mm-hmm. public exposure. You know, like I was a Batman yeah. fan before I read it. Actually, I think one of my first Batman comics was like an original, you know, Golden Age Batman comic from mm-hmm. like someone's China Hutch, you know, just being like, here, read this, go away. This. And, you, and as a uh, kid, you put it through a paper shredder and it turns out that was like worth $100,000. Uh, you, you, you let you, you know that more than <laughs> you're letting yeah, yeah, out more yeah. than you know. But uh you know, it was Batman. It was Spider Man. Uh, I every time I think of like what my first exposure to Spider Man was, it was there's some like foam paper plane with Spider Man printed on it that they used to make. I, I don't know. It's you know, but it's like pop culture. It's just like it's it's disposable garbage culture, and not like comic books. And so I would get into comics that way, and I got like Marvel and DC and all that stuff. And I remember growing up reading Wizard Magazine and those those magazines that magazine was just like you got to read Scud the Disposable Assassin you got to read Concrete mm-hmm. you, you know you got you got to read these books I'm like what is this like it's not even it's not even subversive it's just completely bizarre yeah and uh and and just being exposed to it I didn't even pick up a copy of like Strangers in Paradise until I was actually uh almost married yeah, and yeah, yeah. uh you know cuz I was just like okay I don't think so but at this <laughs> point you know and then she was reading it I'm like all right, Terry Moore, you got me. It's great. Uh, yeah, he's stunning. Uh, uh, Motor Girl was actually yes. my introduction to Terry Moore, and it's just like, oh my, this is this is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And th- but then they, but then everybody, you know, you say you like comics, then some somebody who is is gonna. It's just like when I was growing up, and I was like, I think I like Metallica, and the freaking dude, long hair, metalhead, is just like, oh, you do, do you? <laughs> First of all, they're a bunch of sellouts, and third, here's everything. And yeah. Like, oh. Okay, I guess I don't know anything, but indie comics the same deal. Where yeah. my buddy was like throwing preacher at me, and I'm like, I open the first page, I'm like, gross, no. Yeah. And then you actually dig through it, and it's like actually a super sappy romance story, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, how beautiful. And then you try to sell it, and you find you're doing the same hard sell as everybody else, where you're like, hey, read this beautiful story that has a lot of inappropriate shit in it. A lot, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, it was interesting. Like. um uh, Garth Ennis has come up a lot in the conversations about our comics, especially like with boys on the air or whatever. Oh yeah, and it's like the the a big pull from preachers, kind of the irreverence of like not not necessarily taking you know you're dealing with heavy. There's a lot of religious elements. You know, yes. um, Jane and I have been friends since high school, and we went to the same church together, so we're we're kind of pulling <laughs> from the same source source material essentially. Yes, um, and so that kind of a reverence with all of that religiosity from preacher. But not quite as misanthropic as Garth Ennis gets. We, there's right. a little bit. We have a little bit of hope for humanity. Good. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I think with with Garth, you know, he got more cynical as he got older. And uh, it like, happens that Frank Miller, good example of that. Frank too. is Frank's funny. I think he's actually gone so far. He's gone out the other side. I agree. I I think you, I think you're right because right? there was a, there was a point where it's like, oh, oh my we god, need to avoid Frank Miller. And now it's like, oh, maybe he's okay. Maybe he's leveled out. Yeah. Did you read the Golden Child or whatever it was? No, the most recent Dark Knight I, sequel. <laughs> no, no. I I um I, Frank Miller stuff never quite clicked for clicked. me. So I don't have like the like um uh. You're not I, willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that like, not necessarily the benefit of the not necessarily the benefit of the doubt, but like you know, since I came because of my upbringing, I came to a lot of these more adult comics late. You yeah. know, Watchmen aged perfectly for, yes. for me reading. Dark Knight Returns 
not quite as well. Like just, yeah. just from an aesthetic, the 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 for me it was it was a little um it didn't it didn't quite grab me the way I, I could totally see like if if you were used to like the Adam West Batman 66, like this is a complete paradigm of departure. People. Yeah, yeah. It, that is exactly what it was. For because for me it was Batman was a cultural icon and not necessarily a comic book character. And yeah. the books that I was reading were like Alan Grant Batman books from the 80s and 90s, and it was like it kind of it was almost there, you know, like Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill ended up being more gritty than Alan Grant at some points. And yeah. you're kind of like, oh, this is this is hokey, but it's trying. You know, it wants mm-hmm. to be kind of, you know, oh, it's pretty dark. And then, you know, and and your and your only real like multimedia exposure outside of the Tim Burton movies is yeah. Batman 66. And, you well, and even the Knight. Tim Burton movies are, are pretty, they're pretty dark. I love them. Great. But, but they they're, are campy. They're, campy. they're campy. That's part of the uh, fun. Absolutely. Of them. Yeah. yeah, no, it, it, if you turn the sound off, Batman 89 is this beautiful, gorgeous comic book. And mm-hmm. then but if you turn it back on, you hear Prince and you get like <laughs> yep. Jack Nicholson just chewing every scene. Um, but every time it's funny, I, every time I think about Batman 89, I'm like, eh, do I really like that movie? And then someone will tweet a photo, like a still from the movie and i'm like oh my god what a beautiful fucking movie like batman's never looked better than this one shot Mm -hmm. despite the fact that he can't turn his neck he can't can't turn his neck but listen these are the these are the sacrifices we make it was funny i was on i was on um uh somebody the 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 meaning of podcast and we we were talking about keanu reeves constantine yes i was like i feel like that was because that was like right at the cusp of it was where studios were still a little bit afraid to commit to straight up superheroes. Totally. So we're coming out of like the crow. That's why, like when Batman 89 came out, like they weren't like, let's do all these movies. They were like the shadow yeah. phantom. <laughs> yes. Tank girl. We can't do. Yeah. Like we green do, lantern. Yeah. That's crazy. So right before that, but it was also the last opportunity you kind of had to, to take the source material and treat it as like a template that you do your own thing off of. Yeah. Cause now, uh, and I think this actually might have more to do with the Harry Potter franchise than comics, mm. but now you have to have this absolute 100% fidelity to the source material Yeah. Um, that you, you get a little bit more freedom with superhero comics because there's been 50 billion different versions of these characters. So as long as it connects to one of them, you're probably fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, it was your last chance to be like, using it like okay here's what they did in the comic let's do this with it and and right. you can't, you're not allowed to do that anymore no no although it's funny how if depending on what level of clout you have uh you can't <laughs> like nolan clearly is just like i'm gonna do long halloween but then it just becomes my own thing it just yeah. turns into a nolan movie after a while like dark knight is almost long halloween but he's like i'm not gonna but i'm not gonna do all that fucking comic book shit yeah yeah, yeah. i'm doing another one of my interstellar movies and it's like mm-hmm. oh, okay batman's barely in this movie um but yes like you look at tank girl or the shadow or the phantom or any other movie from the 90s that like for whatever reason they were like let's do a comic book movie and i'm like why you clearly hate them yeah yeah yeah. you clearly don't (laughs) want to although although i have a lot of nostalgia for the phantom movie um uh in particular and i i I was, you know, when they talk about like, oh, they made Batman forever uh, because Batman Returns was, scared kids. Yeah. I was one of the kids that scared. So yes. I was <laughs> way on board with Batman forever because I'm oh, like, sure. nobody's biting off anybody's nose in this one. So I, I really did. I remember being in the theater and actually hiding. I never yep. saw him bite his nose until I was an adult. Well, it's same <laughs> because because I don't know if the same thing happened with you. The way I remember it, he yeah. bites the guy's nose and clean it, off. There's blood everywhere. I do remember it see- like that and you see as an adult and it's like he bites it and there's blood and you're like oh that that was barely anything yeah no i 
do remember in the theater, like it blasting everywhere. And it could be because he says gushing blood. It could be the Mandela effect. And maybe you and I slid to the same reality where yeah, Tim Burton same. got to do yeah. what he wanted to do. Uh, maybe they did it in post or they're like, oh, the VHS release, we're going to clean it up. I don't think yeah. so. But, you know, no, no, yeah. No. But I do. Yeah, my just, it's a kid. It just becomes this huge. And we were scared. We didn't really see it. And it becomes yeah. this whole thing. But yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's not until you go back as an adult and you're like, oh, yeah, man, Batman Returns is, is pretty lit. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, every scene with Michelle Pfeiffer is freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I was actually enthralled between Bruce and Selena on the couch in Wayne Manor, where I'm just like <laughs> watching them like these two insane people flirt with each other. Yeah, and I'm like, this is actual cinema. Like, I'm really like, I'm, I'm, just, this is amazing. How, how did I miss this? It's like, oh right, because the last time I saw it was like 1996. Yeah, I was, I was literally a child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was literally not old enough to watch this movie. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the, but but you're right. I think that uh, Harry Potter kind of like indicated, you know, well, I, and, and you know, you know as well uh, the language of Hollywood and how it's like leveraging built-in audiences and kind of like measuring your success based on you know it's a roulette game at the end of the day and if you can like weigh the 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 spinner in in any way you you will and if it's like you know that there's like well the book sales are this and the people love the books so if we we tailor it more to the books we'll at least keep these people happy and then hopefully those people will tell their friends and we'll get double what they have there well there's been a whole cottage industry built up that you and i are, are in some ways the beneficiary of of marvel relying on the fact that they can just throw thanos in the scene of it in the movie and dicks like us will pop up to explain to our friends who the, who the fuck hell he that is. is yeah yes absolutely because uh, the movie doesn't the movie no. doesn't get yeah the movie doesn't so um i'll uh, wait for kang to show up in loki and being like oh you need you need to know who that purple faced guy is. I, yeah, what? I've been I've been I've been talking to some some friend, you know, doing the doing the reviews and whatever. And some yeah. people have been like, "Well, I just don't think it'll be Kang because they haven't introduced him." I'm like, what franchise have you been watching for the past ten <laughs> yeah. years? Thanos that is that literally the end of Avengers, and they gave no context for that dude. He's wearing yeah. the whole thing. Too. He's got a silly tiara, and people are like, "That's awesome." I'm like, "Yeah," is and, it? They, and they and they knew and they knew our friends would turn to us and be like, "Who?" And we'd that, be like, <laughs> "That literally happened." I remember seeing X two. In, like I got a group of friends we're all watching this this movie that was at the time like one of the best comic book movies made in the past yeah. decade and it was like super cool and a lot of fun and then you know that that last shot of like the silhouette of the phoenix under the water and mm-hmm. then it cuts to black and then immediately they turn to me and they're like all right so what's up with the phoenix what's I know something about the phoenix and I go well it all really starts with the dethroned queen of the Shi'ar empire named the yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like shut up Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Thankfully, I just wanted to know what the Firebird was. Yeah. Thankfully, Brett Ratner didn't know either, and so we got something else. Yeah, uh, man, it's a bummer that they kind of shit the bed on two Phoenix projects now because I feel like um, yeah. Marvel's not going to revisit that for maybe ever, and it's a bummer <laughs> because they they have it's so it's, dope. It's the same. It's the same thing with, that was frustrating with um, the, the fact that like all the stuff with Venom. Yeah, because because now you actually have a Spider-Man movie where you can because Spider-Man literally goes to space in an event. Yeah. And so he could come back with the suit like you can actually do the story. And it's the same thing with Phoenix. It's a bummer that they're probably not going to touch that story because yeah. like that could be your big X-Men Guardians of the Gra- Galaxy crossover oh. is the Phoenix saga. Yeah. And we would give you all of the money. You would have all. <laughs> And and people would think you were geniuses. Yeah. You know, and, and it's all just well, no, I mean, really just these these few dudes did it like 30 years ago and yeah. i just stole it and it's like <laughs> it's it's just it's then that's the thing that drives me crazy whenever they make a comic book movie and i go like it's it's right there 
Mm-hmm. Just, you know, you're you're clearly lazy. Just make the thing on the page, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be one to one. I get it, but you know, like if if you're you're clearly uncreative, just do the thing on the page and just yeah. make it look better than that. And that's mm-hmm. all you have to do. It's so easy. Uh, the, the the template's right there for, before you. But yeah, I, I'm I'm in the same camp. I mean, like, wouldn't it be cool for yeah. X Men to like you know starts? It's kind of grounded. It's just the same thing with X Men because it's just yeah. like you know it's grounded. It's a uh, you know it's about the culture and society and race and you know yeah. sexual orientation. And then they go to the stars, and it turns out your main character, uh, his dad's a space pirate, and his girlfriend is a clone, and she's made with this firebird. Like, why not? Yeah. If people go to see Guardians of the Galaxy three, and they're like. Yeah. And and non-comic book readers are like, do you think Uatu will show up? Do you think Galactus mm-hmm, will be in this mm-hmm. movie? Do you think they'll have a Silver Surfer cameo? You've got them. Yeah, you've got them. You've you can won. do it all. You, yeah, you can Ego is the main yeah. bad guy. You, yep. Yeah, you, you can got. do you can do literally anything. I do hope with um with X-Men that they're paying attention to what's happened in the past year. Because Seriously. like, yeah, uh, because I think there's there's a really good opportunity. Um I, you know, I'm wor- like uh, uh, a lot of people when Jonathan Hickman started his run. And for those that might not be familiar, the X-Men have basically literally every mutant that you've ever read in a comic book has teamed up to start their own mutant nation on Krakoa. Yep. And it's a big sci-fi. Con- it's basically like alien nation. Like it's, yeah. it's X-Men as if there are aliens on our earth and it's a cool story. Yes. But a lot of people were like, oh, this, this should be the basis for the Marvel movies. And I'm like, oh, bullshit. What? It should be <laughs> like, because I'm in because, the same camp. No. Yeah. Because it it doesn't it doesn't touch on what the X Men touch on, and I think what the X Men talk about this idea of 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 being an outsider, this idea of being marginalized, yeah. is more valuable. As let me rephrase that, as valuable now as it has ever been. Right. And if you look at not to get too much into this, but if you look at you know people protesting and they'll throw a water bottle in response, you get tear gas and flashbangs and all that and then you say the government knows that any one of those people might be able to shoot lasers out of their eyes yeah you're like oh yes those sentinels would get made in a day (laughs) all the all the defense budget would go to sentinels and that would be and you're like yeah that's the world we live like the x-men are are more valuable now than ever and it also gets to be an opportunity to be like hey you know how the avengers are basically a bunch of white dudes x-men the uh, literally everything that's not in the Avengers is every person that's not represented in the Avengers is an X-Men now. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Not just, not just race, but like everyone's most people's favorite X-Men are women. Mm-hmm. Most people's favorite female su- Marvel superhero is an X-Man. Yeah. And it's like X-Men managed to do that. 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and so I just take advantage of it. Don't, don't, I, yeah. I hope they don't get bogged down with all the, all the continuity. Uh, yeah, all the continuity, and that's another thing. Like people are like, "Is it gonna be? Is it gonna be like uh, the changing reality?" It's like, no, literally, uh, no. What? We didn't know mutants existed. Now we do. That's and all. We're moving on. Thank you. See, that's the thing. Is that that's the language we speak? Is it's it's just it's cleaner. Yeah. Don't don't make don't complicate it. I mean, like, was Evan Peters as as Quicksilver for a hot second until he wasn't a mm-hmm. fun Easter egg? Sure. Did I do I ha- do I like him more as Quicksilver? Totally. Yeah. Uh, would I have been willing to forgive that? Absolutely. But like, I don't want there to be a portal that opens yeah. and have all mutants just walk through. That's that's a science fiction story. Yeah. You know, that's not a story about people, about human beings. Like that's yeah. that's a DC Earth two futures end story. That's not yeah. a you know that's not the what the X Men are supposed to be. And and to to say we need to adapt Hickman's X Men as the intro, no, Hickman's X Men is like the end. Yeah, it, it's like 
the and Hickman's actually doing an amazing job of like kind of quietly talking about race. Like the, just mm-hmm. recently when they relaunched the new X-Men title under, I think, Duggan, uh, they built yeah, like yeah, a kind yeah. of embassy. There's like a treehouse in the middle of New York. And, <laughs> and and Ben Urich writes this this really, really sweet article where he's just kind of like, why do you have a problem with this? And it's mm-hmm. like it it is a reaction to everyone's like to to where the x-men have been pushed over the last since they started yeah and so it is actually kind of a really cool kind of touchstone to today's culture and how we deal with race and and and, and sexual orientation but it's also a dope-ass science fiction story with robots and stuff and yet it's also like it's the it's the end of the x-men story like you can't start at the at at that point because they haven't been pushed there yet yeah you're gonna show up and be like we're superheroes like those guys like not you well and that's another that's that's another really cool thing about that you get to do with x-men being part of the mcu is you get to tell that part of like why do they dress that way uh, way so they can be accepted by society as superheroes that actually means something now because the avengers existed exactly exactly like yeah if they they just showed up in their cities it'd be like scary but because they wear ridiculous costumes it's like oh that yeah i know what that looks like and i have a lunchbox with that on it yeah yeah like, and we're yeah. good to go and so and then and yeah and then you can touch on some of grant morrison stuff with the idea of, of branding if you want like if that's, totally. if that's something that applies to the story but yeah i think i i hope they realize that the x-men aren't just a cool new toy that they get to play with but yeah. but of all the properties they have they might be the most meaningful to our moment um and i yeah. and i have hope for that because i was genuinely shocked at how um aware of the reality we live in that Falcon and winter soldier was yes. And how willing to engage with it. Not that it, not that it's perfect, but the no. fact that it just in any way, like engaged with our, right. it didn't pretend reality. like we, we're just going to, we're just going to do it. We're going to do the, you know, you know, Sam is captain America. We're just going to cover that. But we're not going to ever address the real world implications mm-hmm. thereof. No, he, he literally ends the show by just being like, everybody shut up and listen for a second. Cause we're going to yeah. talk about how important this is. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, right on. That's, that's how we do it now, you know? Yeah, I've never I, I related I've never related to an Avenger more than when Sam was in the bank and he couldn't get a fucking loan. Like yes. I, I was like, oh shit, because I love I, I really do appreciate what the MCU has done, but I don't know, like even Peter Parker's jetting around with Tony Stark. Like there's yeah. not a lot of like relatable, grounded people in that version of the universe. No, and yeah. so positioning Sam in that way, and, and it, it's cool too, because it, thinking back to Captain America, the Winter Soldier, the where he first showed up. Yeah, he was kind of positioned as like the Zettermore. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just a I'm just a dude. Like you are right. all super soldiers and shit, and I'm just the dude. And so like taking that as like yeah, this is who this character is. He's he's just the normal guy that is somehow now a part of this whole thing. Right. Uh, it was a really good angle for the character. Yeah. I'm shocked that they didn't like quietly jab him with super soldier serum just to kind of make him like able to do anything that's that Steve could do. They're just like, no, he's just going to be able to do it because yeah. you know, he can I moving on. Do hope good for them that, that his costume looks exactly like it does in the comics. Yeah. That's kind of amazing. Hope that we can Im- prove it a little bit because it's, it's not right it's not my favorite design <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I i am amazed that it wasn't like the luke cage tiara moment where it's like he wears it and he goes this is really stupid looking and then he mm-hmm. rips it off like 30 seconds later that they're like no that's the suit yeah and that's listen you good good it's the suit yeah but i but have now, some notes i mean that's because yeah yeah, because like like uh, you know, I I I don't think they really nailed Steve Rogers' suit until like Civil War, and then it's yeah. like, oh, this is it. So it's like, hey, listen, we got time. Yeah, 
Right. He's got a couple more movies. movies. Yeah, we can figure it out. We did the comic thing. That's great. Those will make those fans happy. But maybe, you know, maybe we could maybe yeah, we could maybe, well, maybe we dial the the opac or the uh the saturation down just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. I also right. think it would be cool to like I don't find a way obviously if you're falcon that's your jam you're going to want to keep the wings but when totally. i see him it just looks like falcon with cap shield and i want i when i see sam wilson now i want to think captain america you right. know what i mean totally totally and so like maybe you can have it be like the wings are maybe like you make the whole wing setup that's red wing now mm. and so like when he needs to fly it comes in and lashes to a back and when oh, he's that's doing fun. captain america it goes and flies away and it's you get the best of both worlds that's fair i don't know for my for my money it's just like if you could have flown before and then you're captain america now i'm not gonna give up flying just because mm-hmm. i'm also captain america like yeah. i i could fly that I, that's not going anywhere anytime soon yeah it's definitely it's definitely not a, a practical thing on my mo it's more of an no. aesthetic like yes. I just, uh, it's I a just, little that's not captain well, you know what you gotta do you just gotta pick up the actual action figure they made of it because it doesn't mm-hmm. come with the wings that's like oh, the cool, build a figure cool. so <laughs> the build a figure is that's literally weird. i think that figure's wings so cool 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 that's yeah. a little that's a little odd but you know yeah. whatever well the, the, the the thing is without the wings then it just looks really it's just like oh that's a lot of white yeah. on that suit and uh yeah. you know with the wings it kind of balances it out plus that uh, yeah uh, i i agree with you though that uh falcon winter soldier kind of like is marvel's step forward going like we're not gonna we're not gonna screw up the x-men i promise i mean the fact yeah. that they didn't fast track anything like there's a- at any point they could have been like there could have been a fl- in that flashback for wanda where we see her yeah. parents could have easily been like it's magneto yeah like moving on yeah. we're gonna we're gonna make a billion dollars next year with our x-men movie we're just gonna fast track this danny radcliffe's gonna be wolverine moving on who cares yeah and it's like no they're like well maybe x-men like 2026 i'm like 2026 that's yeah. in five freaking years we're never gonna see wolverine uh, fight captain america or anything they're like no you're probably not like mm-hmm. oh no yeah but it, yeah but wolverine's gonna be really cool and x-men's gonna be really responsible yeah don't don't worry like wait, you, he'll show up on a what if or whatever like what if x-men were around when the avengers were around <laughs> or whatever you know yeah what I mean? yeah we'll get a cartoon out of it that'd be yeah. fine i guess but yeah it's i yeah i hope the um and they they don't need to like the x-men the x-men is such a, a big thing it's like you don't you almost don't need anything else if you've got the x-men and i, and I kind of hope that they do like I, I think X-Men is a big enough franchise that they kind of create, they do what they weirdly, what they're doing with like Ghostbusters and stuff where it has yes. its own writer's room, like with <laughs> yeah. just a bunch of people from a de- bunch of different backgrounds, a bunch of different experiences that can all inform that, that all kind of like, um, can bring their specific expertise and experiences to it so that X-Men can represent as many people as possible because that's kind of what they're designed to do. Like that's exactly. just the X-Men. Yeah. 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 That's not, it's not like making another Avengers movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's setting up its own franchises. You could, you could get like, if you, let's say you launch an X Men movie, you could get two Disney Plus series after that, New Mutants and X Factor or whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. and and it's you've you've literally created it like a separate like Marvel Marvel yeah. M- the MCU and like the MC two. Yeah, you could have like three ongoing X Men movies plus like five Disney Plus shows, and yeah. you probably you probably just be scratching the surface. Let me tell That's you right. this though, to 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 give you hope I, I think for seeing wolverine fight captain america i'll bet you i will bet you that the that the big plan 10 years from now or whatever whatever the next end game thing is is because how how do you possibly top it yeah i think you do a version of secret wars yeah. that because it's timey wimey bullshit you bring back the robert down juniors and and chris chris evans, chris, and-, uh, chris evans and all that for for like one big event thing yeah. from time through you pick them up from time or alternate universes or whatever yeah and you do your whole big 
you know the oh the, totally the whole whole gang gets back together i'd be fine with me let me tell you yeah. uh, i know that like i know that they've i've heard rumors and based on that you know we don't know if it's true or not but i've heard it enough from enough like interesting sources that like the folk at marvel know like they, they know the term secret wars and they've bandied it around like some yeah. people have some kind of reference for like the 84 secret wars book and probably just because it's like it's super simple it's super inexpensive like it's it's bombastic but like the background is just what we did with endgame where it's just a bunch of rubble who cares yeah um so it it doesn't cost you know it it, it'll cost like 200 million dollars or i'm sorry a billion dollars i think endgame ended up being cost like costing a billion dollars but it made two so it's okay yeah (laughs) because i think they i think they lumped the budget in with infinity war so i think like together it cost a billion bucks yeah that wouldn't surprise me at all no it made two so who cares like okay yeah you made your money back it was a good gamble yeah Um, but i don't think you can do that again I don't think you could spend two I mean, million. It's to make the same. Like, I kind of do wonder with all this stuff. Like, what it, what is the life cycle for this? Like, yeah. is it is this is it just this forever? Because that doesn't feel like how things work. Um, <laughs> That's not how things work. No. Um, but I don't know about you. I'm actually. So I'm surprised that I'm more excited about the MCU than I almost ever have been because it's, it feels so unpredictable now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like with um uh uh in the introduction of Yelena in in Black Widow, we've got yeah. Shang-Chi coming out. Yeah. Um and it's just and when I'm watching these these um the Disney Plus shows, it's like, yeah, I I just I kind of don't know where we're going and that that gets me so excited and, and we're touching on um uh characters and angles that I just I I just find really interesting uh, and, and I, like you sitting here like thinking about how great Zemo is in yes. Falcon and Winter Soldier and like being stoked that we might get a Thunderbolts like wait that's yeah. you know what I mean that's a that, cool place to be in it is and it's it and and it's it's that good kind of uncertainty where you're like I don't think they know either like mm-hmm. I genuinely don't think they have like a like a roadmap I think they're just kind of like well we know we we know we need to like there is a there's a formula here and yeah. it, because it all is and uh but but we don't have to necessarily plan out like they're gonna fight dr doom in the third act of our 10 year sprawling epic yeah you know like it's more like well we're just doing disney plus we'll make a ms marvel show because it'll it won't cost much to make her powers Mm -hmm. aren't very complicated the setting is in new jersey it doesn't matter uh moon knight same deal and you know what i kind of always wanted to make a daredevil show and we don't we you know we were working on moon knight before we got daredevil back so whatever yeah and uh you know and they're just kind of trying out everything and seeing what works and what doesn't i mean you know there are going to be a couple of duds i'm sure just by the by virtue of having done so much and having having to do it all yeah but uh but they also know like we got to build and we got to have like younger people. You know, I think that's yeah. why like they're really why they're willing to deal with Sony, you know, cause they're like, yeah. well, you know, if you can't like, if, if they had to deal with Andrew Garfield, the Spider-Man, mm-hmm. I feel like Marvel been like, nah, yeah. You're like, we'll, we'll, we'll put him in this one movie, we'll put him in civil war, keep the Russos happy. And then we're good. We're done. Yeah. Because, but now that it's like, well, the ki- he's a kid, he can, he's he can younger. do like, he can do 20 Spider-Man movies or yeah. he could be Spider-Man in 20 other movies. Yeah. And we made an entire building at Disneyland for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not going anywhere and we'll, we'll, we'll deal because yeah. we know we're, we're planning for the future. And it's the same deal. Well, where it's also like, he's yeah. Spider-Man. Well, and that's the thing. He's yeah, Mickey yeah. Mouse from Marvel. Like, yeah what are you doing just buy sony and move on yeah until <laughs> yeah until we until we until we uh, get like things locked down with whatever our wolverine is like that right. spider-man's our guy you that's know what it. I mean? that's the biggest one you yeah. know and well and i can imagine marvel you know because they're not because they're not, when i say marvel i don't mean marvel comics i mean like yeah. you know marvel studios because they're not like marvel comics people 
they're movie people i can imagine them going well i mean like yeah spider-man's the big thing but like at the end of the day you know guardians of the galaxy was huge and nobody knows who the hell they are like for all we know oscar isaac's moon knight will be the biggest thing ever and that'll be our cash cow from now on and we can just we can tell sony to take a hike yeah um but I think that like they're cat, they're skewing young, you young Hawkeye, everybody, mm-hmm. uh, Ironheart, just just to yeah, uh, banking hard on young Avengers, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. and just just to, for the longevity, yeah, and also because like then you know you've got the next generation, they've moved on, but then it'll be all the more crazy and amazing when we go back and grab like Chris Hemsworth, yep. Chris Evans, all the Chris's, and they all the Chris's, <laughs> we get all the Chris's back. I actually, I'm uh, uh, on the live show we did today with um. Rocks, my coast, Rocky Stryer. We were talking about Black Widow, and yeah. I'm actually wondering if they're building towards like a Young Avengers versus a Dark Avengers slash Thunderbolts. Situation. That'd be okay with me. Yeah. I'm down. I mean, uh, you know, from the trailers or Shang Chi, uh, Abominations in it, so yep. we know he's, you know, connected and has his, you know, faculties, so he could ease. And because, you know, Tim Roth is Tim Roth, but he, he doesn't need to ever power down. Yeah, exactly. We could literally get any. I mean, same thing we did with Red Skull in, in yeah. Infinity War. It's like we don't need to get Hugo weaving back. Well, for that. no. I mean, it, we'll just do we'll just do a bad Hugo weaving impression. But yeah. with, with Abomination, it's like, yeah. Well, uh, he he has he's literally physically changed from his look in Incredible Hulk to now, and uh, his vocal cords changed too. Now he sounds yeah. like something totally different. <laughs> he's a, he's a giant monster person. Nobody he sounds cares. like Tom Kenny now. Moving on. Yeah, exactly. I, listen, <laughs> I'm into it. I'm down. Right. Uh, but yeah. So. Um, We've talked about Marvel a lot, and I kind of, I kind of feel bad. I know we were talking about independent comic books and everything, but yeah. uh, you know, that's which is hardly uh, the same thing in any way. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but my point originally uh, was when you talked about like adaptations of these of of these works. You know, like when you find something that's like irreverent and subversive, like Preacher or any number uh, Sandman. Mm-hmm. Um, when they, I remember when they used to announce these like adaptations, it was kind of like, oh god, what are they going to do? Yeah. And uh, I remember when they announced Preacher, I'm like, you can't. There's no way they're going to do Preacher right. And yeah. uh, th- it's been split for me. Like, yeah. I agree with myself. Uh, I know that the culture at large is like, I love Preacher. I think it was great. And I'm like, it's not. It's not even close to what the comic book used to be. Yeah. Um. But uh. But what do you think about what they're going to do with Sandman? Uh, it'll be interesting. It's it's yeah. It's it's tough because it's such a specific story. It's similar to. Uh, it's similar to Watchmen, although it's more it's more sprawling, and Sandman's connected enough to the DC universe that like you get a little bit more leeway. Yes. Um, I don't know. I, I think part of my con- uh, uncertainty is I actually don't know the creators behind it involved in the adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's like a key. Like, okay, are you are you, you know, you've got to like. I think a lot of times you're just a adapting this stuff but you've got to like connect to the to the source material and kind of understand you know what makes it work and and it's almost like translating a language you're translating it from one language to another language it's kind of one of the things that um it's interesting having watched all the i've mentioned this on other shows too watching all the netflix shows and and no matter how much you love the the netflix marvel shows (laughs) i imagine most people came out of them going like ah that season was a little bit too long and the Disney, All of them, yeah, yeah, and the <laughs> Disney Plus shows kind of have the reverse where I've coming out of them like you could have used more specifically with with Loki. I've been enjoying Loki, but like yeah. when it comes to Sylvie and her enchantment powers, it's almost like, well, what does that mean for the characters? Like, well, she was enchantress in the comics. I get that. Yeah, outside of the comics, for this character, why 
is enchantment her thing? What does that say about her? What are the mechanics of that? Like, yeah. as a, as a person, and and so like, I think when it comes to Sandman, I think they if casting alone shows me that they really get like who these characters are, like the people they're cast. I think are really like on point for what the characters represent in the story and their personalities, and you can see so many of these actors can I can really see embodying these roles. So that yeah. gets me really excited. But the thought of like, okay, this was what Neil Gaiman was doing. How does that translate to today? How does that translate to to TV? What story are we trying to tell? Yeah. To to motivate what these people, as opposed to like, well, he's doing it because in the comics that's what he did. It's like, okay, well, but beyond that, yeah, what you know, what are right, you? But why are we doing it now? And and don't tell me it's because of the money. Like, yeah, because yeah. because of the money, and and that's a weird thing too. Because like, is there that much money in Sandman? Like, it's I, got like the clout, but like, are people yeah. gonna? Go see it. Like, do Show people care? It? Like, yeah, it's the same. It's like when like, they made Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's like you all remember. Like, I, I love Blade Runner, but you all remember that it didn't make money, right? Right, <laughs> right. It's like when they rebooted the thing, bomb in the box office. Yeah, uh, and they did it again. You know, yeah. I think Blade I think Runner, the, by the way, great, great sequel. Like, yeah, great sequel. But it's like it doesn't. And no one saw it again. <laughs> and it's the same thing with like with Dune. We hired the same director to do Dune. It's like, yeah. Do you think people are going to show up for Doom? Like, what do you in your brain? What do you think you're doing? Right. Yeah. And I know that you like had a and with Dune. It's like we well, we locked it down for at least three movies. And I'm like, oh, Ooh. are you going to get three? I feel like you're going to get one. You know, they could get a Maze Runner going. Dude. Yeah. Like, like I, I'm all for it. I think I, I think Villeneuve is is a really talented director. I think the yeah. cast is great. I think Dune's a cool story. Yeah, I think it'll be gorgeous, but. <laughs> but is it gonna do what you think it's gonna do? You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, does it mean as much to them as it does to you? Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think you're right about Sandman, where it's like, is it gonna hit? Like, I uh, and and is it? I feel like Sandman is inexorably tied to the time when it came from. You know, like I feel like if you add like cell phones and like maybe today's cultural consciousness i don't know if it i don't know if it translates but i'm interested to see it it's like what they did watchmen the, yeah. the hbo show like they go if you did watchmen today it wouldn't work yeah. so we're just going to do a sequel to watchmen right we're going to do a sequel to Watchmen. and it's, it's an interesting point because also you know i think about i think that was a big issue i had with um the it movies yeah is that um yeah. the, the you right at the beginning you've got richie at the at the right the kid the kid that gets uh, eaten as Richie, right? No. Oh, uh, uh, no, it's a no, no. Beep. Oh God, what's his um, name? Anyway, the little kid. Yeah, Richie. Beep, beep, Richie. Sorry, I'm yeah, mixing beep, up. Beep, Richie. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, um, I'm mixing up which kid gets eaten by a clown. Um, but like the little kid, the little kid at the yes. at, at the gutter, looking at the gutter, mm -hmm. and it's the '80s, right? Georgie, Georgie. And so, not only is in mid sentence where this uh, Pennywise is trying to seduce this kid down into the sewer, are his eyes going Gonzo and like dribble? And it's like, what is wrong with like what child wrong would, with would be enticed by this? <laughs> but but also but also when he starts talking about the circus, you want to go to the circus? I'm like, this is the eight in the fifties. No, that makes not. sense. Yeah, that makes sense as a lure in the fifties. Right in the eighties. We I got a different relationship. Down here. Yeah, like, we have a different relationship with the circus. It's not like we're amped <laughs> on the circus. And the movie doesn't do the work to like justify it within the new time frame. It's just like, oh. well, Stranger Things made money, so we need to set it yeah. in that in the '80s. Um, and so it's like, yeah, I think that's a, that's another really good point is you have to 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 be aware of how does how how does the time frame change stuff? What is specific to that time frame? It's all about like you, you just have to engage with the story and. Yeah. 
and it's something that was really important to us when Jane and I were writing it, writing Hellbent. Yes. Was like, what are the rules to the magic? So that it's not just like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's gotta be tangible. It's something yeah. I, this is a weird reference for my mature supernatural horror comic, but uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, I think did a really good job by tying its one, the rules are very specific. There's a yes. been the four elements and then there's, you can play around with those rules, but there's, yeah. there's the four elements and you tie it to physical martial arts. So there is a physical tangible thing you're doing. So when a character says I'm training, it's not like, uh, I'm concentrating harder. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, what does yeah. that mean? How like, do you no, train I actually, in magic. Yeah, there's <laughs> actual there's an actual thing you need to do. So, like, breaking down like how the magic works, what it represents. Not just like um, uh, we we're not at a point in the story where we deal with like vamp werewolves and vampires and whatever. It's but sure. it's not like if you were to use a silver bullet, there's a reason. It's so that works. Yes. As, and it's not just because, well, that's the rules. Like that's not, that's not going to cut it. We need no. to it, justify it within the story. Why silver matters in this context. Exactly. It's like when you find out like originally with vampires, you stake them through the heart. The idea was you're staking them to the ground so they don't get up again. <laughs> and now it's become like you hit them with wood in the chest and they blow up into dust. Like, right. Yeah. No, we, we got a repeating crossbow from the 19 from the, from the 1480s. And yeah. Yeah, 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 it's just wood. Yeah. No, uh, the rules are really important, especially when it comes to mythology, magic, uh, and any kind of like otherworldly fiction, it grounds your world. And then once you establish your rules, you can literally do anything. Like you can, you, your audience is more willing to forgive you or forgive any contrivances or odd like moments because they yeah. understand they're on the same wavelength as the people who are living in the world they're reading. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like our world has rules. So even in a fantastical setting, you want that level of, it just, it has stakes and now yeah. has stakes. And I know, and I know what the ground rules are and there's stuff that can happen. I had very mixed feelings about Tenet. Uh, Christopher Nolan's new movie. Sure, I never the, saw it. I, I heard enough. I was like, nah. It's it's uh, it, it has some really cool stuff. It, but it 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 makes it, sense. It, yeah, it's it. He fully disappeared up his own butt, like in that in his That's own in, it, into the concept. Like I don't anyway. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. The 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 final action sequence is. I, I watched an explainer video that was almost as long as the movie, trying <laughs> to explain it, and it was still like, yeah, this doesn't. Then it's in this tracks right anyway, but. Um, a moment I really liked about it is uh, minor spoilers. The thing they're trying to stop is, you know, obviously entropy. The, the gimmick of the movie is entropy works backwards. The okay. thing they're trying to stop is the people in the future basically want to flip time. So they're so time starts moving towards where things were better. Uh -huh. And the main character was like, would that even work? <laughs> and the person he's talking to is like, I don't know, but they believe it would. And I'm like, I That's buy cool. that because yeah. because how many how how many lives have been ruined because of nonsense the people in power think will work. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yep. that that even though it doesn't necessarily make sense, no. it makes sense in a very it doesn't make sense in a very human way. Right. It makes sense to you, and that's all yeah. that matters. Like, that's all it needs to do. That's a, yeah. that's actually that's that's a really great uh, hook. I like yeah. that a lot because it's yeah. I think I, I love that analogy of like how many lives are ruined, and then of course you have cottage industries built from that. It's like yeah. you have like you have you know from the head that believes it for no reason to the body that says. You know, like I know he's wrong, but I can make money because, like, and exploit yeah. what his belief is. Like, yeah, you can create an entire society out of that. And that's yeah, we we spend a lot of time like trying to justify, like, explain like why evil people do what they do. But mostly, it's just a petty selfishness. It's yeah, because not, it's not really that complicated. Are. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we do. Every individual does uh, petty 
bullshit every day. Imagine if you were a billionaire and then, right. and then your, your petty bullshit now affects uh, millions of lives. Exactly. Exactly. It's just, yeah, you, your, your petty bullshit affects like your immediate circle, but if your yeah. immediate circle affected millions of people, it'd be more impactful. Yeah. So, so yeah, it affects your immediate circle. And so there's an opportunity for them to literally look you in the eye and be like, Hey man, cut it out. And you're like, okay, imagine if it was everybody. And also you never had to interact with any of them. Like, <laughs> exactly. you, you would do awful, awful things. Yeah. You had a tower that loomed above them and they, they could never reach you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You're great. It's like you're, you're, you're uh, flying around in a space army that might have the wealth uh, be the combined wealth of a multiple worlds. And you're like, Hey, what if I just got rid of half the people with that? <laughs> I, let me, I'm, I'm not going to worry about uh, systematic issues or any of that stuff. I mean, yeah. just got rid of half the people that might make sense to you, even though it's not, Sense. Right, right. And actually borderlines personality disorder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's nobody that you're a giant purple dude with a double bladed sword. Nobody's gonna talk you down. <laughs> yeah, no one's gonna yeah, the ebony maw isn't gonna be like, uh yeah, wait a second. Why guy, don't you double the resources? Maybe, yeah, maybe. Um just make space bigger. No, <laughs> just make space bigger. Or like Thanos checks in later, like, oh, how are things going? Well, it's like, well, actually, because of the way things worked, there's half the people. But, but everything was left too. just just went to the rich people. It just right. went, it just it all went to the we're so we're actually more broke. Some somehow we're more broke yeah. than we oh. were when you did this. <laughs> yeah. I guess I should have been called on my shit. Yeah, yeah. well, no, well whatever. News, well, it's whatever. not like Tony Stark was gonna point out this <laughs> issue to me. No, he was not. I got armor to make. But yeah. Uh, and he's got all that armor. He's I, the Hulkbuster armor doesn't pay for itself. That's right. <laughs> yeah, not my nanotech armor that could approximate clothing and hats. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, that was so. That's the, if you're into that stuff. I exactly. Mean, we, like with with Hellbent, HellbentComicBook.com. That's we we tried to put in, put in the work to to make it a, a grounded, believable experience. Tell stories that that uh, represent and include people that aren't normally represented and included in comics. Yeah. But also, we like the same things you like. So there's people. They, uh, Nick has a flaming sword that he chops up people with, and there's uh, well endowed awesome. horse demons, and there's cursing, and there's sex, and there's uh, 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 fantastical drugs and stuff like that. It's all in there. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's because it's, we also live in the world with you. So <laughs> right, right. That's great, and and I love that it's born from this place of you have a story to tell, but you also know the the language you're 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 manipulating like this is yeah. the language of comics and you know it you come from it and you got something to tell well uh, i'm so sure i assume it's similar to you when you're writing like you try to think about the the medium that yeah uh and and how it's communicated and how like so when i'm writing a movie script it's it it's just different it flows differently totally um than than a comic and of course and there's also like a lot more I wouldn't say a lot more. It's just different when you're working with a comic, like you'll write it one way and then the artist gets you the page. You're like, Oh, this is, Oh, oh does this yes, work? Is this absolutely. Oh, you know what I mean? And then you kind of talk about that and you figure yeah. it out. And when you write your own, uh, when you write your scripts, you direct them usually too. Right. So like yeah. you, you could come up with a new shot or you probably come up with like another way to tell the story, but you're also telling the story from the perspective of a director. So you're like, I know how I pretty much know how this, how this scene's going to look with a comic yeah. book. You're just like, you have to break it down by panels, which sucks yeah. <laughs> because it's tedious and frustrating. But also, like you said, like the artist will come back and be like, yo, uh, uh, do you mind if we mix like drop yeah. one panel, change this one thing or just let me show you what I'm thinking. And it's like 
I never thought of that. I can yeah. never, I couldn't even reach that level. Yeah. Well, it, Cause I think the thing is like, no matter what medium you're working in or who you're collaborating with, the goal is to collaborate with people that are smarter and better than you are. Cause yeah. it just makes you look better. That's the trick. That's all that's, that is legitimately that's a trick for life. If you yeah. want to be better, surround yourself with better people, surround you want to be yourself smarter, with better people. smarter yeah. people, you want to, you want to like, yeah. And if you want to have a better product, you know, you have to be the lowest person in the totem pole. Like, yeah, I am totally. the, I am the worst. I am the weakest link in this chain. Everything else is just like elevating what I do. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Well, I'm really looking forward to checking out uh Hellbent. I'm going to pick it up uh, myself. Uh, oh, you should too. You. If you have a, if you have a chance and you have some scratch, jump into the description or in the chat and you can pick, click the link and check it out. Um, DJ, where else can people find you and subscribe? Yeah, so hellbentcomicbook.com is is the is the main thing. If you want to see me tweeting about it, I'm I'm at DJ Talks Trash everywhere that matters. Uh, if you want to check out my podcast with Roxy Stryer, uh, that's Only Stupid Answers, and that's at Only Stupid Answers everywhere that matters. But on Twitter, you're going to want to yank the vowels out of stupid uh, because it's there's a character limit. So, Damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> character <laughs> limits. Uh. Yeah. But that's that's that is where that is where I'm at to check out all this all this uh, stuff. Dope. Well, DJ, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here, man. Thanks for uh, having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you guys next time. Uh, I, you know what? Really quick, let me just jump in. There's there, we had two super chats, and they had a couple of questions. Do you want me to yeah. throw them to you? No, absolutely. Uh, Let's Josh Josh Truckle says, "So cool to see DJ. Loved you on SourceFed. So cool to see you here on Compop with Sal." Thank you. Many moons ago, SourceFed was many moons. Go to only stupid answers. Exactly. Yeah. That no. Don't go my, to the other one. That's a dead. lot of my source-fed buddies. They'll drop by uh, and say hi. Nice. Uh, Hardy thirty four says, "Hey guys, how did you? Uh, how did you, if at all, get your own head about putting out your own work? I've spent ten years hopping in and out of ambulances and EMT, but the thought of self-publishing my own comic excites and terrifies me. Thank you." It's a great question. Well, yeah, thank you for your work as an EMT. If I understood, yeah, seriously, yeah, that's that's great work. Um, uh, it it should excite you and terrify you. It is hard. It is yeah. it is hard and and not fun. My people ask me like, what's your advice for creators? And my advice is, if you can see yourself doing literally anything else, do that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, do do whatever. If if there's something else that brings joy to your heart, pursue that instead. Totally. Uh, but if if this is it for you um, and you're not an artist, that's a whole, I can't, I, I can't uh, speak to that experience um, yeah. because I, I am not uh, an artist in that way. Um, be ready to, if you're planning on doing a con, I mean, if you're planning on doing anything, honestly, um, be prepared to, to put your money where your mouth is. Um, mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, be prepared to pay even more with your time. Time is money. So you're going to put a lot of time in. Yeah. And you just, for, for me, uh, everybody has their own. I mean, you can speak to this. I, I'd actually really like to know your thoughts on this as well. Oh, sure. But for, for me, um, everybody's own system. For me, it's, I have to create um, habits and I have to create like a pattern and I have to create like, if, if I can create a habit or a work schedule, um, that kind of rigidity and obviously there's flexibility in that that works for me. And so you just have to kind of hunker down and there will be days that you don't feel it. Yep. And that'll be tough because there's not real, I don't have a solution for, for fixing that. No. Uh, so either you just kind of have to muscle through and dick around and write stuff that you know, you're going to not I mean, read or ever use and don't, and don't get lost in the, like, it has to be uh print worthy. The second you put it on the page, it's going to be trash. It's yeah. going to be trash. 
You're going to rewrite it. It's more important to get it out there. Also, and just a practical sense, uh, I don't know you, Sal, but I, I, I start off with a treatment, like a basic outline. Uh, um, I, I typically write in a five act structure. So nice. I, I use that. Um, and then I expand off the treatment to a script and so on and so forth. Nice. Um, and so it starts small, you know, you write down notes as they come to you and then you just kind of like massage it until it's, it's a thing. I also usually do like, I do a lot of, um, upfront work, character sheets, like mm. who this person is the story. Yeah. Um, uh, so that way, like if they get in a conversation with somebody, I know what they're going to talk about because I know, right. I know their story. Yeah. A lot of that stuff. It's, it's, so it's a lot of time, whatever, whatever system works for you, find that. And then you're just going to need to muscle through until it's out there. And then if you want to do a comic, once you have the script, you're going to need to find an artist. There's going to, and, and so in that sense, uh, you can go to sites like, I mean, Instagram, DeviantArt, anywhere yeah. artists congregate and just kind of browse. Or if you go to conventions that might be becoming a thing again soon, yeah. you can meet artists there. Um, and, and just talk to them about their, their rate and be cool. Like, don't, don't get like, well, you want how, remember this is their job. Yes. <laughs> this yeah, is exactly. their job. And it, you would want to get paid for You're You're the one asking them, unless you got a buddy that's willing to go in with it, uh, in it with you and you split whatever profits, there probably right. won't be any, just heads up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't yeah. do that. Like <laughs> yeah. if you have a friend who draws, don't do it because they, uh, they have, they have their own priorities and their own lives. Yeah. And, and like you, you, you want to have it be like a, a, uh, a collaborative monetary relationship where it's yeah. like, I'm paying for this, you yeah. deliver because otherwise it gets really wrapped up in the personal stuff. And it's like, yeah, you really can't let it do that happen. Yeah. And not to get in the weeds, but it, to that note, I've now at a point like contracts are a good thing. Oh, Having yeah. agreements are a good thing. So that way everybody, and it's not nothing. Per, it's just so everybody no. knows what everybody else is bringing to the table. And so if there ends up being a dispute, you all know where everybody stands. Yes. Yeah. The, the, and, the contract is really, I've never had to pull the contract. I've actually only been screwed, but like the contract is there as a reminder of what you promised to deliver. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. a, it's just a, an affirmation thereof. So, you know, so maybe, maybe actually as a kind of scare tactic to be like, oh man, I really don't feel like doing this. I do have a fucking contract. I really yeah. shouldn't welch on this. And if you need help with that, I think it was Charles soul, uh, mm. who, who did like a, he did a blog post, like a five part blog post on, on like rates and because he worked as a lawyer. And so, and that was, yes, that was a good, right. like I have a lawyer, but like, that's a good jumping off point if you want to get that. And I know all that stuff is scary. And, and it can be, and it, and it yeah. can be. And that's, that's why I'm saying like, you need to, that's, it's, it, you, you, it can be fun to think like, Oh, I'm just going to do it's, it's not I'm fun to create. I'm an artist. Yeah. Yeah. But and you're it's creating rewarding. for money. Yeah. I was just, when I was just sitting down and going through the script again, uh, for the Senate to letter, I, it was like, Oh, this is why I do this. Cause right. it, it brought me so much joy, but it, it can be, it can be really, really tough and, and yeah. it's, it's work and that's okay. Uh, you just need to know that going in. But what about you? What's your what's your system? My my system is less of a system. I remember uh, when I decided to get into writing, uh, I just kind of just sat and write. And I, I loved that process, just sitting and creating and just seeing what comes out. And uh, I've tried like so many different methods and I love the idea. And I think that's the, actually a more successful method is to like have it all planned out and have the character sheets and design and, and, and like, you know, beginning, middle and ends. Like, what's this character want? What do they need? Where are they ending up? I can never do it. I don't know where they're going to end up. And I only yeah. know when I'm taking them on the journey as I'm taking them. Like yeah. I go with them and then I get there eventually, or I don't. And I go like, you know, this is going nowhere. And then I just scrap it. 
Um, mm. But I find that like the process of just writing is exhilarating and just like exploring yeah. people and then being like, I don't like that. Or like, would they say this? Or would I mm -hmm. want them to say this? And then, and then exploring that experience. It's, it's much more arduous. It's a lot longer. It, I don't recommend it, but that is what gives me the joy that I get from writing. Uh, yeah. And I also say that, um, when it comes to creating your own comic book and anything uh, that's going to be multimedia, uh, you need to be, you've, you've never been more, you need to never be more honest with yourself than then. Mm. Like honesty is the most important thing. And it really has to be, cause I've seen so many. And this is why I praised the art in your book, because it is industry level quality. And mm. there are a lot of Kickstarters out there. There's a lot of self-published books out there. And I know a lot, like I've seen a lot of self-published works, seen a lot of, big two published works that don't have industry level quality art or yeah. not industry level quality lettering or inking yeah. or printing. And it's like, you need to be honest with yourself and say like, if I saw this on the rack, yep. would I buy it? Yep. And not even, not just because it has your name on it, not because it has the concept you like so much, but like, is it industry level? And that's like the question you have to ask yourself when you're, when you're courting artists, when you're getting people, you know, you, you, you know, I know for a fact, you will be so excited to get something off the ground that you will take anything. Mm -hmm. Once you get an, uh, uh, once you get an agreement or any kind of affirmative response, you'll just jump on it and go. And it's like, you, you, that is not necessarily the right way to go. Damn. And it's like, you need to be honest with yourself and with them about like your expectations and about what it is. If it, if it looks halfway good, then you can't do it. Yeah. Because, because if it's halfway good now, it'll be a hundred percent bad when it's done for mm -hmm. you in your mind. Like when you're looking at it, like yeah. there are, I've done so many different projects and like some of them, I'm like, that looks pretty damn good. And some of yeah. them I'm like, that's not, I wasn't ready. That wasn't yeah. there yet. Yeah. And there's also, also like a, a, a learning process. Like I know with, I've got a lot of comedian friends and they talk about like the 10 years it takes to like get good and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I would say like, don't, don't be afraid you know, when you're experimenting with stuff and you're pursuing this stuff, but like, just as a point of context, like where I'm at now, yeah, I only pursue projects that if this was the only thing that anybody ever read from me, I would be cool with that. Right. Because it is, it takes so much out of you that it's like, I can't do this with something that's like, oh, this will be fun. Like, no, it has to mean something to me. Totally. Because then if, and then if it means something to me, hopefully it'll mean something to you because that's the, I like to view art as uh, it's, it's, you're communicating with somebody. Like yeah. I, I've mentioned this before. I think it's Pixar that, that they have the rule. Like you give your audience two plus two and they let them come up with four mm. because then it's a conversation. You're not yes. just preaching at them. You're, you're, you're saying like, you're presenting some ideas and some scenarios and then they're, it, the audience is taking and seeing what they can pull from that and pull from them. And so these people that you'll never meet probably and never talk about in first person, you're having this, this, this conversation with them that hopefully they walk away with something. But I think you can only do that if it's like something that really means a lot to you or you feel like you have something to say. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, there are so much that I've done where I, number one, I'm glad I created so much earlier where I'm like, <laughs> I threw out all of it. Uh, because number one, it was like before, you know, indexing and, uh, number two, it's, uh, it, I can feel me preaching or being, yeah. no, 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 you don't, you don't get it. Like while the story is happening, like, no, 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 this is what the story is. You know, don't, don't own it. Yeah. You're, you're experiencing what I'm telling you. And it's like, what I'm telling you is banal one dimensional mm -hmm. and you know and someone else has said it better or don't bother saying it because they know better than to say it and it's like yeah. that you need to be like i said honesty i think is like number one and it's just honesty with yourself and with the, yeah. with the process you gotta be willing to be like no 
or to be or to wait. You have yeah. to because otherwise, and I can I understand. You know, you're 45 years old, and you're like, I'm never gonna do this. I, you know, I work at Allstate, and I'm just I'm just ah. It's like, yeah, man. It's and 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 guess what? It's gonna cost you three or four thousand dollars to get your first issue off the ground. Damn. Oh my God, I don't have three four thousand dollars. I I don't have a hundred dollars. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you want to do it? If you don't, don't do it. Yeah, don't. I don't. Yeah, yeah. And 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 just it's not me trying to deter anybody, but like, yeah. If yeah, other no. things make you happy, do those things because yes. it's it's tough. It's it's tough, and it's not a system uh, built for people to succeed. <laughs> no, no. It's it's it is the comic book industry is actually fascinating, and that's why I love it so much. But not necessarily because I like applaud it and loud it it's more yeah. like i find it fascinating it's like a it's a it's a brilliant and interesting like, case study because it's so insulated and yet so ubiquitous and uh, like far-reaching and yet mm-hmm. so gatekeepy and yet so yeah. inclusive like it's this it's this beehive of of, of contradictions and, and 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 it's just it's it's a fascinating ins- organism like with the film yeah. industry it's like i want to break into the film industry okay well good luck good fucking yeah. luck mm-hmm. with the comic industry maybe yeah. and that maybe you know there you how many independent filmmakers were there after clerks or yeah. pulp fiction yeah. and you know spent tens of thousands of dollars and years of their lives to find out that they didn't really want to make movies mm-hmm. they just wanted to be heard yeah it's the same deal with the comic industry where it's like but i maybe i can well i can't okay i can't do that but maybe i could get that and it's like it's it's half the cost double the time mm-hmm. and you know the same level of reward yeah. so you know you got to be real about that too mm-hmm. it's just like oh that's, yeah. that's just thinking about it i was because I've, I've done both i want to make movies i want to make comics and it's like yeah. <laughs> being real about it and just going through yeah. it you know so yeah uh, and don't and don't get in the comics if you expect to get money out of it oh like, no like it, there's a there's a reason every comic creator wants netflix to adapt their show and that's oh so they can God. actually get uh uh pay rent <laughs> yeah that's that's there's a reason why jeff lemire had a had a, had a kickstarter why scott snyder has a kickstarter mm-hmm. why james kind for like if i can because because the, the thing is boom in, in idw image whatever they're going to publish their book yeah but they need to get the book that they own in the hands and and like it's an ever-shrinking portal I yeah. think like, I think, you know, if I have like six, or seven IPs, you know, mm-hmm. that are in my head and I'm like, man, if I could sell one of those, because yep. the, because the, I think the door's closing. Cause I think that like, as the stream wars end, we're going to get like fewer people being like few, fewer studios and, and f- formats willing to dump millions of dollars into an unknown property that has like 10,000 Twitter followers Yeah, just because it has 10, Oh, well it has 10,000 Twitter followers though. Like that, that might be a thing yeah. or like it has this, it won this award that is mm-hmm. prestigious in the comic book industry, an industry I have no knowledge of or understanding yep. thereof. Uh, but I might be able to make something out of that. And that's like, I mean, Sweet Tooth came out, what, 20 years ago? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a little long in the tooth, yeah. Right? Yeah. But, uh, but you know, so it's like, there, there's a reason why that, why, I mean, look at, uh, and the royalties, of course, like Jim Starlin made less on any Marvel movie and he created Thanos yeah. and he ever did on like a suicide squad movie for like an ancillary character that he created. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's why a lot of people invest in their, their creator and work and stuff yeah, like right. that too. Cause it's, that's, if they're going to make money, that's, that's where that's how they're going to do it. Yeah. It's either, it's either that or, or maybe make a cameo in one of the Marvel movies and get the yeah. royalties from that. Yeah. You get, <laughs> yeah. get $10,000 a year for that. I think it was my buddy. My buddy Hector was like, yeah, that, with that, my, we should just give all these creators cameos cause it's, it's literally the least we can do that's nice yeah i mean like yes it is the least mm-hmm. you could do yeah the, and, and at the most part 
they really just get like invitations to the premiere maybe <laughs> yeah and and yet and yet if marvel knocked on my door and was like hey you want to write venom i'd be like oh Done. yes i do actually i do i do <laughs> yeah i'll pay you nothing yeah. okay yeah, yeah please pay me nothing and take all my ideas to be used for a movie just so i can be like <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote venom once <laughs> yeah that's right that's right and that's the thing is that's comics right that, that's yeah. like that desire to be like i i and you know what it is and for me i think that's what it is and it might be a little hyperbolic but like i think comics are like the new religion and mythology mm-hmm. and so it's like can you imagine if somebody said like, Hey, uh, you know, the Bible, I wrote a chapter in the Bible Yeah. for me. It's like, if I get, you know, and not like one of those like gospel of Thomas, like I'm talking about like the real Bible, the one one that everybody, yeah, exactly. One that's Canon. Yeah. Yeah, The NRSV like, (laughs) but like, you know, could I, you know, could I write a Spider-Man backup in one book? Yeah. And it's like, Mm -hmm. and that's there forever, forever. Amazing Spider-Man 947. Yep. That's me right there. And I added to the, to the, to the cultural world of, of, of that character. And it's like, maybe that immortality, is something people are chasing. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and Dylan Wheeler mentioned, uh, I gave him a pep talk. He, uh, he found himself that he's 12 weeks clean and sober. Uh, we're not going to be doing ambush bug on back issues, but thank you very much for your support, mm-hmm. man. Um, no ambush bug is not, <laughs> we, we <laughs> I barely will do like, uh, uh doom patrol on yeah. back issues because of how like obscure it is despite the fact that it has like a award-winning tv series and people oh, love that show i love, I love doom Pat- I, well i love doom patrol the show i also have the whole grant morrison omnibus oh totally uh, you, if yeah. you haven't you got to check out the gerard way nick darrington run no obviously so, yeah, it's it's su- it's super good yeah the the um and it is it is it was weird like i uh reading umbrella academy and then like watching the show like oh yeah this was just this doom patrol yes. <laughs> he just he just wanted to do doom patrol that's all this was that's it that's it yep uh well that's it uh dj thanks again for doing this i appreciate you staying for an extra couple of minutes yeah, no uh, problem and we will see you guys next time with another episode of course don't forget to subscribe to everything that dj has and check out his kickstarter because uh you know it's it, it we, we're 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 a dream factory here ladies and gentlemen. you're gonna love it you're gonna, you're gonna love, love it, it. Uh, So long, everybody. Thanks a lot for watching.